Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by 2023 Eurovision star Alessandra, whose debut EP, The Best Year of My Life, is released today. Uh, That's February the 16th at the time of recording this podcast. Um, And she is currently in the midst of a European tour. Um, Alessandra, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Congratulations on the release of the EP. Um, How are you and whereabouts are you joining us from? Well, I am having the best time of my life and I'm in London right now, super excited to play tonight at the Heaven. And, and I don't know, it feels surreal that now after all everything that has happened with Eurovision and stuff now, my EP, my first ever EP is out. Yeah, amazing. It must, must have been quite a busy start uh, to the year for you, uh, what with the tour and the, and the release of the EP. How has uh, 2023 been so far, this, uh, the first sort of few weeks? Well, I wrote a song about it, so I think that okay. the song says everything. <laughs> <laughs> the best year of my life and also the EP, like this, it's the title of the EP. So 2023 has been really an amazing year where I've learned so much and... Now, yeah, 2024 is has been like a lot, you know, but I'm doing what I love. So I don't feel stressed out at all. I just feel fulfilled and I feel happy and I feel thankful, thankful <laughs> uh, to do all this, you know. Yeah, amazing. And so I think I might have just said 2023 instead of 2024 a moment ago when I was describing the first couple of months this year. So uh, just uh, for any avoidance of confusion, um, I did mean 2024. but um, I mean, yeah. But before we before we get onto the EP and uh, and and obviously you know Eurovision as well, um, can you just tell us a little bit about how the tour has been so far? How have the shows been going down? Well, I it's been amazing. Like I don't have anything negative to say. Uh, I having having the time of my life. I love my team. I think we're doing a great job together. Uh, I love my fans. Like they're singing even the songs that are not out. You know, so yeah. that's I think that's crazy. Like such loyal fans, such amazing fans. And now tonight, I can't wait to sing at Heaven with my UK fans. Gonna we're gonna go crazy together and have the best time. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it sounds sounds like it's been going brilliantly, um, and yeah, I wanted to I wanted to ask you um, about the well before we go into the EP. Actually, I, I think it would be it would you know make sense for us to kind of track back to twenty twenty three and discuss Eurovision a little bit, where you represented Norway um, with uh, your song Queen of Kings, which finished fifth, um, I believe, in the in the contest, which is you know that's a pretty strong finish. Um, can you just talk us a little bit? through kind of what that process was like you know performing at the at the finals um finishing fifth and then what what followed after that how eurovision had has kind of impacted and uh you know pushed your your career since then what kind of Im- impact post show has, has eurovision had mm. i would say that first of all like eurovision has been the kickstart can you say yeah, yeah, yeah. Kickstart. Uh, the kickstart of my career, of course, because maybe some people knew who Alessandra was in Norway because of the voice, but mm. Europe didn't know what was going to happen to them, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
But uh, it's it's been amazing and it's totally been like surreal because I was had no idea I was going to be a part of Eurovision. I just wrote a song because they asked me to be a part of this songwriting camp and it was my first songwriting camp ever. I didn't I had never had been in a session before, okay? Wow. And then I had these three sessions days and on the second one I wrote Queen of Kings uh, and who knew that was going to be so huge? Who knew that was going to open everything you know i yeah. had no idea at all um but then it happened i believe uh, the universe knows <laughs> what it's doing and and then now because of it i'm having a tour in europe and i'm building my career and then of course it's not only about eurovision it's also about who i am as a person and how my fans look up to me and how my music represents uh like different ways ways of thinking and that maybe people are drawn to them and drawn to like this this new like self-love thing this new empowerment yeah. artist coming up yeah amazing i mean i you, you talk about when you wrote that song it was your first songwriting camp um what what happened next then like from the from when you wrote that song how did that wind up becoming norway's entry for eurovision well, it was a songwriting for MGP, so the pre-selection. Okay, yeah. So, but I I didn't know, like, me as an Italian girl who came from Italy after, like, I was living in Norway, like, for a year then. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm Norwegian, so, like, that I knew Norwegian everything, but it's... It's it's weird how everything happened. Like came to Norway, did the voice, and then got asked because of my the voice performances mm. to be a part of this songwriting camp and then write a hit. And then MGP and then Eurovision and then Eurovision tour. Like it's it's been crazy. Yeah. I mean, did you when when you finished writing that song, did you have a sense that you might have you know, struck gold with it? Did you have a, a strong feeling about how well that song might do? Or was it something that kind of took you a little bit by surprise afterwards? I just wondered if you kind of had any sense of what might happen with it afterwards. The thing that I believe also when people ask this question to other artists, I think that a lot of times you have no idea. Yeah. You can believe in the song. You can have hope for the song. But you have no idea because you're not you're not you know you're not the universe you're not the people listening to the song right so I can say that yes I thought it was a great song and I thought that Eurovision would be a great stage to have that state to have that song on but I didn't know how much how big it was going to be yeah yeah amazing I mean I following on from Eurovision at what point did you start writing the the songs that would become the new ep the best year of my life did you were some of these songs uh ideas that you'd had from you know around eurovision or before eurovision did you start writing immediately afterwards can you tell us a little bit about how this ep how this collection of songs uh you know came together and, and you know took its initial shape well the thing is that whilst i was having was whilst i was doing mgp eurovision I also was going to a school, a songwriting school. Yeah. Uh, where I've written like, say from 100 to 200 songs, hmm. uh, plus all the sessions, my management, my label, my, 
other people <laughs> have put me in. And um, so there's been a lot of writing whilst Eurovision was going, okay? Yeah. Um, so I think that's how the EP uh, came out. And also Bastille was written after Eurovision and that like the EP represents 2023, like the, the best year of my life because for till now, you know, because it has started everything. It has started music for me and for everyone that knows me, they know that music is the most important thing that like keeps me alive, you know? Yeah. I mean, how, how does it feel to be releasing this EP? Cause you've, as you said, you've written lots of songs. Um, you've been writing, you know, for, for some time, how does it feel to have this, out as like a debut EP, these four songs as a as a representation of of you as an artist at this stage in your career. Does it feel is it like a relief to have these out? Is it kind of excited you about what you're going to do next and how you want to put more songs out into the world? I just wondered what your yeah what your feelings are really on finally putting out this 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 collection of songs. Yeah, I am. I'm super excited because all those seven songs as I said, like represent that year, represent Alessandra in that year. But it makes me super excited also because people are, doesn't know like what's coming next, you yeah. know? So I wish I could give even, even more. Like I wish I could give all the songs out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it takes time and, and I'm super happy for what we have now. And I can't wait to give out more. I can't wait for people to, to get to know all those sides of Alessandra as an artist and as a person. Yeah. I mean, when did you first start writing songs? I don't even like, I, I think I just, even maybe during classes, like I was just writing maybe poems okay. or writing like about my feelings and maybe scenarios in my mind that didn't exist in reality. Yeah. Um, and just trying to find a rhyme with it, you know? So it wasn't even songs, uh, but it was subconsciously, it was songs. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. It's always been a part of me. Also, when I had my first heartbreak, I remember I was up till like six in the morning writing, 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 even songs sometimes and waking my mom up. Mom, mom, listen, this is so cool. This is so cool. I wrote a song. She was like, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I mean, did did you did you grow up in a musical household? Did you, Was your family musical or was it something that just kind of came to you, uh, you know, totally individually without any influence from, from, you know, your parents or any siblings or anything like that? How did you... Yeah, how how did you first discover that you had a passion for music? Well, I think I've always been singing. Like, also when I was little, how my parents understood I was sick is because I didn't sing. Okay. So when I was like, I remember we were at like a swimming pool with some friends and they were having fun and everything. And I was like there sitting and I was... I wasn't listening to the music that was there and I was just shutting up and everything. And when we came home, I was like, had like 40 degrees fever, like 39 degrees. Like it was kind of hot. (laughs) And then I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, But no, my family, my nearest family in Italy, like they've always liked singing or liked music. 
and been passionate about it, but never had like um like the love that I have for it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, for example, my uncle in Norway, he is a he's a guitarist. Mm. And I think that the fact that he maybe has had the balls to say, I want to deal with, I want to do music, mm. even though it's difficult, that maybe has made me realize that that can happen, you know? Yeah. So what were some of your musical influences uh, from, from that period when you were growing up? You know, were there any artists that inspired you to, to really take a career in music as like a serious path and elevated from just being like a hobby or a passion project, you know, what were there any influences that that kind of helped set you on the the path that you're that you're currently on? I think, I think Beyonce, I think Alicia Keys, I think Rihanna, Shakira. Like I don't know in Italy, and maybe it was kind of different what we listened to, but I also listened a lot to. Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. Like I've been, I've been both in the modern and in the past music. Um, And I think maybe that helps me understand maybe where the music is going to and, and like being able to, to decide whether I want to do like a more modern track or a more like, old call it or whatever you want to call it like um but it's i don't know something that i know is that when i was feeling down when i was feeling down and i had bad days i asked my mom to to drive me around town and and just listen to music uh, because that made me feel so alive and made me feel so good and made me understand more stuff, made me able to cry when I needed to cry. Um, and my mom didn't have a lot of money because it's like she had uh, divorced my father. And my father is the one with the more economical like stability. Yeah. So, so for me, it was so important. And she understood how important it was for me. And that makes me super happy because even though we didn't have like maybe that much money to be able to drive around town and just, you know, that's mm. not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, it is a lot of money, but she still understood how important it was for me, you know? So she took the time and she took the, the, the money she maybe didn't have and, and drove me around town and made me listen to music. And then when I had my, my, how do you say my license? Yeah. Then I did it myself, you know? Yeah. But um, people around me always understood how much music was important to me. And I think that's just something that lives through me, that comes out even without me wanting to. Yeah. It, it must be quite yeah. a, it must be quite a profound thing to know as well that, that your music now is, is likely having a similar effect perhaps on, on other people. Is that something that you kind of reflect on and, and think about? I was thinking about it a few days ago because that's the difficult thing as an artist because you can't, in a way, imagine that your music does that, right? Yeah. You need people to tell you that because for me, I, I you're so critical about your own music. You're so mm. critical about if it's good enough, if it's not good, or 
because it's your voice, it's your ideas, right? So then you're usually more critical. But then that was also a beautiful thing about the store because people write me letters and in these letters they write about how your music has helped them and how you as a person has helped them. And that, and that, I, I can't find words to describe how that feels because I, I say always, the world is my child. I don't think right now mm. that I want to have children, okay? Yeah. I don't think that. But I say always that I think the world is going to be my child. And with that, I mean that I'm going to put all of my time and all of my knowledge to understand thing about the world and to understand thing about people in order to putting it, put it in music and then help all the other, the world and help the other people. So sacrifice maybe a little bit of my own life, call it or whatever it is. <laughs> like, I don't know what to call it to help others. And I think a lot of artists, a lot of people do that, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's so difficult to to explain. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's really interesting. It's um, you know, it's a very it's a very you know powerful way to view your music, um, and and to and to and and to kind of think about and consider the way that what you do with your career is is kind of going to going to do for for your audience, for people that are listening to it, for fans. It's quite a you know, it's a it's a very you know, it's it's a it's a great way to approach it. You know, it's, it's not kind of just yeah. making music for the sake of it. It's, you know, it feels like it runs a little bit deeper than that. Um, but that's why yeah. I think it's so important, for example, that even though, you know, it's not only like that, but I think that it's important that more artists should be maybe a better role model. I don't know if, that's correct to say because there is a lot of great role models. Okay. Mm. And there's a lot of bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I just think that there should be a balance between being a good role model, but at the same time saying it's fine sometimes to not be a great role model, you yeah. know, being human. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, you're absolutely right. You know, being a, being a good role model is not necessarily trying to, to, to to pretend that you're something yeah. that's impossible for people to be you need yeah. to see the humanity in, no one is uh, perfect in- no one is perfect and i think that we i think that we need that i think that we need someone to show that there's no 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 perfection right and i would love to be that person i would love to show that that like I'm not perfect that I'm proud of it. I love not being perfect. Thank God, because that would be boring <laughs> as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I wanted to, and of course, you know, you, you, you've only just released your, your, your EP today um, and currently on tour, but I wondered if you have anything else lined up at the moment for the rest of 2024 that you can kind of talk about at this stage whether you're planning to release more music this year what what does the rest of uh of 2024 hold for for you it is of course new music it is of course new challenges that i can't wait to to have and it is maybe another tour it is uh, uh like it is so much like alessandra is not stopping and that is something that people need to know like there's no way you're going to see me high and that you just need to be a part of the process, you know? Yeah. And, and last of all, is there anything, any words of advice uh, that you would offer to, uh, to, you know, the next 
batch of uh, Eurovision contestants, you know, regardless of whether they finish first, last, somewhere in the middle, you know, what kind of advice would you offer to people that have that opportunity coming up for them this year? I would always, like, my my advice is always, like, just do it. Yeah. Do it. And do it being yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't do it with, like, uh, I don't know, like, just too many thoughts or, like, worries and stuff. Just just do it, you know? Yeah. It's the Nike. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Um well, Alessandra, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to chat with us. You know, it's been a it's been a real pleasure uh, talking to you and hearing yeah. about how this EP has come together. And um, I hope I'm sure you'll have a great night tonight. Um, and hope the rest of the tour goes you know goes just as well. And all the best you know for the rest of the year and with the EP. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.